All right, what's up, everybody? We're going to go ahead and just give you a few quick updates before we start this magnificent episode. Uh, first off, first and foremost, I want to thank our patrons. Uh, we, had, we got some new patrons this week. I want to thank Chuck Barker. I want to thank Seth Hadfield, Tiffany Vineyard, uh, Amy, and Alicia Beham. Thank you all so much for uh, for joining uh, the Patreon, seriously, it means it means so much to and and your support keeps all of this going. Um, if you want to join our uh, Patreon, you're not a patron already. Go check it out because you get early episodes, you get bonus episodes. All the people that I just mentioned, they're in for some serious treats, especially this week because we're going to start vlogging. We just got a new lens um, for for vlogging that's going to fit on our cinema camera. They're going to be really really cool. We're going to show you places that we're going. We're going to start traveling a little bit more now that we have uh, patrons and we're building the, that support. Um, so we're going to literally just reinvest that money right back into uh, this brand that we're building. And we'd love for you to follow us uh, from the start. So thank you so much to all of our patrons and definitely be sure to check it out. Hello, and welcome to another episode from One to Wicked. My name is Madison Timmons. And I am JT Timmons. And we have a really fun creature of sorts today. I guess you could consider it a cryptid um, because nobody quite knows exactly what they are. So some people classify them as cryptids, but we're going to talk about the black-eyed children, Ooh. which is one of JT's favorites. That is one of my favorites. I love the black-eyed children. Oh, yeah, boy. They're really freaky. Tayana, do you know what the black-eyed children are? No. Oh, Tayana doesn't know what the black-eyed <laughs> children are. Yeah, they're super freaky. Um, I've known about them for a while now, uh, but it's fun to deep dive into this. And I actually... Um, oh, yeah. Thank you. Yep. So I was... Um, researching this and I actually f stumbled across a lot of personal experiences that people had with black eyed children. I bet. I found like a whole Reddit thread of them. So yeah. we're going to talk about some of those experiences too, but they're. It's actually, you know, one of the more pervasive uh, paranormal experiences experiences that I've ha heard like people having like mm -hmm. all over the world there are so many stories of these like kids with black eyes so that's why I guess that's why I like it so much because I feel like if if out of all the folklore this is most likely the most realistic also kids are just creepy so you know so yeah um, we're, we're dog people yeah we are uh so what they look like essentially is they are um small children that usually range from anywhere from like six to 16 years old. Uh, they don't necessarily stick to a specific gender or anything like that. So just basically it's a child. Um, I always picture them as a brother, sister. Well, yeah, they do appear sometimes like that, but mm -hmm. sometimes it's, are they any race? Uh, no, they appear as pale skinned children. They can have different hair colors, but they always have pale skin and they always have black eyes. So creepy white kids. Got Basically, <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, so pretty much black-eyed children approach adults who are alone, either in their car or at their house. They, they target uh, single adults. Okay. And they always show up in groups of two or more. And usually how they go about it is they, if they come up to your car, they'll knock on the car window. Or if they're at their, your house, they'll knock on the door. 
Yeah. And so they always ask if they can have a ride or if they can come in to use the restroom or use the telephone. Sounds like a vampire to me. Yeah. So some people actually think that they're vampires and we'll kind of go into like what they might be a little bit after we talk about it. But yeah, um, something that is commonly noted with black eyed children is that the adults that experience them immediately feel a sense of overwhelming fear before realizing that there's something wrong with the children's eyes. Ooh. Yeah. I like that. It's very creepy. Yeah, that's, that's super creepy. So some people say that the sightings started in about uh, somewhere in the 1980s, but the first true documented account happened in 1998 in Abilene, or Abilene Texas. Abilene. Abilene. Yeah. Um, and it happened to a man named Brian Bethel. Now, um, yeah, I read about this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. His was really what put um, black eyed kids on the on the market for, you know, being on the market. Some, well, yeah, for sale? It, well, you know, like what I mean, like they the made map. they made movies about it and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah. Um, but yeah, so basically what happened with Brian Bethel, I'll kind of go into his encounter but it happened around 9.30 p.m. on January 16th, 1998. And Ooh. Brian left his apartment in Abilene, Texas for the Dropbox to pay his internet bill because it was the 90s for those of you who didn't realize you actually had to mail off your bills at some point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. So on his way, he stopped at the Dollar Movie Theater so that he, uh, next to his service provider's building, so he could use the glow of the marquee as a light to make out his check. And so cinematic. Yeah, it is. It's very cinematic. And he said, as he did this, there was a knock on the window and he saw two young boys and he placed them between anywhere like 10 to 14 years old. And the way he described the boys was the boy. Number one was slightly taller than his companion wearing a pullover hoodie, um, a hooded shirt and a sort of gray checked pattern in jeans. And he couldn't see his shoes, but his skin was olive colored and had curly, medium length brown hair. He exuded an air of quiet confidence, apparently. Okay. And then, that's a great description. I know, Brian. I feel like I could just visualize exactly. that. <laughs> yeah, Brian was very eloquent about this, apparently. Uh, now, boy number two had pale skin with trace of freckles. His primary characteristics seemed to be looking around nervously. He was dressed in a similar manner to his companion, but his pullover was a light green color, and his hair was sort of a pale orange. Wait, so you have one one with confidence and one that's, like, looking around nervously? Yes. I wonder if, like, one's tr like the confident one is training the other one then. Maybe. Or maybe just the the kid with the pale orange hair was just a jittery kid. I don't know. But regardless, um, so immediately he knew something was up and he felt a sense of fear. The first boy began to tell Bethel that they needed his help. They wanted to see the new Mortal Kombat movie, which understandably so. Um, wait, wait, the Black Eyed Children did? Yeah, that's what they told him, that they needed um, help with. Was wow, that, this is... Yeah, they wanted to go see Mortal Kombat is what they said. Yeah, they're, they're, really, they're really going hard on yeah, this. Yeah, they had their story they lined. They had their story lined up. <laughs> but, um, so they wanted to go see Mortal Kombat, but they forgot their money. And instead of asking for money, um, 
the the boys asked for a lift to their house to retrieve it. And so Bethel was nervous and hesitant as the first boy continued to try to talk him into saying things uh, into this. At at this point, has he realized the eyes? Not yet. Okay. Yeah. Um, So... He was, so the boys were trying to convince him to do this by saying like, come on, mister, we just want to go to our house and we just, uh, we're just two little boys and <laughs> <laughs> come on, mister, let us in. We can't get in your car until you do. That's some orphan junk. Right. Um, you know, just let us in and we'll be gone before you know it. We'll go to our mother's house. And Brian Bethel found himself unlocking the door without realizing Uh-oh. as if he was instructed by the child to do so. Ooh. After catching his hands, he looks back at the kids with a fresh perspective that when he realized that the kids' eyes were solid black, no sclera, no iris, no pupil. Oh, boy. Yeah. And so... All the stories of people meeting black-eyed kids claim that once you realize their eyes are all black, things start to get dangerous. The second boy continued to stand there completely silent while the first boy threatens him, saying, We won't hurt you. We, uh, you have to let us in. We don't have a gun. Weird flex. That's a weird thing to say yeah, to no, someone. Seriously. You know. Um, okay. And then, according to Bethel, the boy was implying that they didn't need a gun. He started pulling at the door and demanding to be let in. This is a lot more like natural conversation that I thought that they were capable of. I thought that it was just like, let us in, you know, or or just something like, like, I don't know. Maybe that's the movie's influencing what I'm thinking, but I don't know. Well, I mean, if it's a entity that needs your permission to be let in, they're going to do, they're going to go about it in a way that is less, um, disturbing to an individual because if they just stand there creepily and are like Lota soon you know yeah, but they have powers you know to to make him unlock the the door yeah but they have to get verbal confirmation that they are allowed to be in the car or they can't get in oh like a vampire yeah kind Got of it. yeah so um but yeah so the kids started pulling at the door and demanding to be let in and uh bethel kind of mustered up some courage and pushed his car into reverse and sped home, leaving the boys where he found them. Now on November 14th, 1998, basically, um, uh, excuse me, Bethel, he was a kind of like an author of sorts in ways where he had a blog and also an email kind of blast that he sent out to people. Okay. And so he, had sent out an email to everybody who followed him on this email thread about his experience. And basically one of his friends, John Northwood, who was a pagan rights coordinator for an organization called, um, uh, spirit. Now it starts with John asking in the chat, if they really believe in ghosts or kids with funny eyes and then it launches into his own ad- anecdote with a group of black-eyed kids. And Northwood, the friend, tells a story about his encounter that is almost identical to Bethel's. Ooh. And Brian Bethel claims that he never told this friend about his encounter. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Yeah. So, which is really interesting. Ah, it's very interesting. So, that was kind of like what people started realizing. Like, okay, this is a occurrence that is kind of um 
it cycles. They go about it the same exact way with every single person that encounter it. Sure. Encounters it. Um, now, some people have theories as to what these kids are. Some people are like they're extraterrestrials. Some people say they're a cryptid like Mothman. Um, some people say they're demons. Uh, some people say they're vampires, like how you're saying they're vampires. Yeah. Personally, what I think they are is a type of creature from the fey realm, kind of like how Gilly Do was in the yeah. uh, previous episode. So basically, that is a really common um, aspect that shows up in fey lore that they cannot interact with you unless you invite them in. And fey have a tendency of having malevolent, um, I guess, uh, wants and things yeah, like that. Yeah, as we know, like uh, from the gilly do. Exactly. So, uh, but fey are oftentimes very tricky like that where they try to convince you and they're very... Um, very good at convincing people. So I could totally see them turning into, or they could be fey. And if you're not letting them in and not giving them what they want, they turn angry. Sure. And now, vicious. are there any accounts though of what they do to you when you let them in? So we can go into some of the accounts that I wrote down. Um, well, we can, we can go in order in the order you wrote it. Yeah. Um, so let's go into some of the, different experiences that I found on that Reddit thread, essentially, of people documenting what they had encountered. Um, so it was, uh, so this one person said, it was almost like a dream. I woke up to my dog, Lucy, barking. She was upright on the bed where my husband and I were sleeping with our 22-month-old daughter. I love dogs. Yeah, right? Lucy's a good girl. Absolutely, she is. And, um, Lucy was staring at our door like an unknown stranger was out there rummaging around. Ooh. I thought she was just freaking out over house noise. We had only had her for three months and she was still a puppy. It could have been anything. Our roommate, a creek from the house settling, the awnings moving outside in the breeze. I wasn't too concerned initially. I decided the best bet would be to open the door and show her nothing was there. It sounds a bit silly, but... It was what we do with our daughter when she gets scared. And I figured it should work with a puppy too. I opened the door and she raced to the front door. She stood there snarling at the door. It was an angry, violent growl, one I had never heard her make before. I looked groggily at her and opened the baby gate, blocking the doorway, planning to open the door and show her everything was okay. Oh this, boy, don't do that. I know, right? The second my hand reached the deadbolt, Lucy went wild. She started barking the second my hand reached the deadbolt and jumped toward me. And when I touched the metal, she suddenly changed her temper. She whimpered, almost like she was afraid and backing down. As her mannerisms changed, so did mine. I wasn't calm anymore. Ooh. My heart was racing and sinking at the same time. I had been flooded with a mixture of fear and dread. I looked through the peephole, and I can't explain why I looked, but I did. Outside were two kids. One was a, just a smidgen shorter than me and didn't look much younger. I'm 21, and she looked to be 16 or 17. She was slender and pale. Her hair was a light shade of honey blonde, and she wore it long, about mid-back with long, thin, blunt bangs in the front that covered most of her eyes. About, 
Um, she wore jeans, a light wash that's popular right now, and a thin-looking olive-colored pullover-style hoodie. So they're stylish. Very much so, but they always show up in hoodies and things like that, it seems. She held the hand of a small girl who looked to be around three or four, in the same style jeans and a button-down ivory cardigan. The smaller one looked at the floor shyly, but had the same shade of hair tied back in a ponytail. She held a stuffed toy under her free arm, and it was identical to one my daughter has, as she was their style, um, as was their style of dress. Had it been, so they might be targeting. They might be targeting uh, their victims because she had the she had a similar teddy bear, mm-hmm. and and she knows that would resonate with. Well, absolutely, the mom. yeah. So that's the thing is. Um, it seems like these creatures are going to do anything to get you to trust them. Yeah. So they probably conjured up some kind of little stuffed animal because they know more about you than you realize. Interesting. That's super. Like, like the. I'm not even kidding. If two kids come to my doorstep after dark. I don't think I don't think people realize how this story affects people like me where if if two kids come to my doorstep after dark I'm not even opening the door and those kids are screwed. They're screwed. <laughs> it's true. Even if they're real kids, I'm just not doing it. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like this this story ruined it for for it's for so those true. kids. Now they're out in the elements and they're like real kids and like oh my god I need help and I'm like sucks. sucks. <laughs> the, uh, that's why we're married it's true the um but yeah which makes just the fact that they're able to know things about you before they even come in contact with you yeah no. makes them lead me even more to believe that they're fae mm. because fae oftentimes are able to gather information but i feel on like you. babe you always want everything to be like fae because you're just you're just a little harry potter nerd no i'm serious though fae she are... wants a mossy cottage in the in the the the, the mountains in the cairngorms in scotland like that's well, that's yes. this right here okay i do where, where 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 the fae be like she wants to live in the fae <laughs> okay i do want that but there are fae in america also there's fae all over the world it's not just scotland and i get that but it doesn't negate the fact that they behave the same way as fae our folklore. fae got guns our fae did not have guns oh my god <laughs> they behave the same way that's just a little bit more you know yeah um well constructed over here and a little less um mountainous sure so anyways so um had it not been for feeling the feeling of overwhelming dread and fear i probably would have asked these kids in and given them some tea or hot chocolate to get them out of the bitter cold something about them seemed off at this point, I hadn't made any noise. I hadn't shushed the dog or grumbled. Nothing. I hadn't turned on any lights. These kids had no indicators I was at the door. The older one spoke. She had a voice that was mature, confident, strong, and accentless. Uh-huh. She held her head tilted downward, and, didn't, uh, and I couldn't see her eyes. She said, we have to use your phone. I stood frozen in fear. How did she know I was there? She raised her head to face me directly, and that was when I saw her eyes. There was a reason I couldn't see them through her bangs before. They were black or midnight blue or a dark, dark purple. They were other, 
otherworldly, she said. Our mother is worried. As someone who has always been interested in creepy stories, I knew what she was the second she looked at me through the door. I've never been one to believe in these things as a staunch atheist and skeptic. When it comes to the paranormal, I had written off many a ghost story from friends and families eager to tell their tale. I didn't believe it. Still, I couldn't rationalize my way out of this. I was standing with nothing but a thin wooden door between me and a black-eyed kid. There was no questioning what was right in front of me. I did not answer her. Slowly and silently, I backed away from the door. Lucy still cowering at my ankles. I love Lucy. Honestly, Lucy, Lucy the OG. She Seriously. really is. She she was there. Seriously. She knew something was up. That's why you always have to have a dog around you. Always get a dog. Yeah. Always then, have a dog. If you don't have a dog, there's a shelter near you. You can go get one yes. for like not a lot of money. Yeah, it's true. They're great. They're Dogs great. pick up on things way before we do a lot of times. So if your dog doesn't like something, trust your dog. They we, probably we know have, something We you have don't. two dogs, and I, and I guarantee you that if black-eyed children come to that door, Argyle and Tartan, are, they're going to team up like they always do, <laughs> and they're going to scare those black-eyed children away. Argyle is the aggressor, though. Yeah, absolutely. And she will not have that. Nope. She's not going to have any kind of mis- miscreant, nope. um, fake creatures at our door. Absolutely not. <laughs> but anyway, so... Um, she kept talking. Just let us in to use your phone. I took another step back, and with that step, the tone changed. At first, she seemed polite. When I took that second step back, she became commanding, almost hostile. We're not going to hurt you. If we wanted to do that, we would have broken in. I'll ask again, may we come in and use your phone? Lucy snarled at the door, and I inched backwards, though something inside me seemed to be slowly pulling me back toward the door. It wasn't a physical pulling so much as a subconscious need to go back and let them in. I got to my room, covered up the window, locked the door, and sat there in the dim light of the nightlight. I heard her call me back to the door once more and then quiet. I didn't go back to sleep that night, and I haven't slept right since. I know from reading about them that black-eyed kids can't just come in without permission. I know they haven't hurt anyone, but I still fear I'll be the exception. When I told my husband, he said it was just a dream. He keeps telling me to forget it, but this lingering feeling of sadness, still, uh, this dread when the house is silent at night, this fear of a knock at the door, this tells me otherwise. And that came from the Reddit thread for No Sleep 2012. So Yeah, um, I wonder if that's uh, a t- like something... I wonder if that's something written as like just a creepy pasta well so here's the thing is that this thread was people who read no sleep and submitted their black eyed kids experiences okay so, i mean but 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 they you know but i guess like all ghost stories you know they always could i be mean sure to, they, to making it, it up sure but it's just that was like pretty well written but if she wasn't making it up i now think th- that it could have something to do with a demonic entity because she mentioned that she was an atheist, meaning she most likely doesn't have any crosses or Bibles or, uh, you know, 
a lot of knowledge of the Bible. She might have some knowledge of the Bible, but like, you know, she's not like over here reading it all the time. And it makes me, or she doesn't have any connections with a priest or anything like that. That kind of makes me think that she was, and they obviously targeted her. That makes me think that it was something trying to get in because they knew that, or it knew she was defenseless. Well, there are some issues with that because let's say the black eyed kids are demonic forces. Not every demon follows the rules of Christ. Mm-hmm. Not every demon is of a Christian pantheon of sorts. Yeah, I'm talking about Christian demon here though. Sure. Okay. But also Christian demon. Typically demons go for Christians over atheists because they don't need to convince someone that there's not God. Sure, but we don't so we don't know what this I, I get it, I get it. But we don't know what this this uh, this thing, this this entity demonic or not. You know, we don't know what its purpose is yet. Sure. But the the purpose seems to be is that they want to get in so they can attach themselves to you. Yeah. Or to cause havoc on your life, which could be something demonic. But I still am leaning towards that fae realm of the folklore. I'm serious. Oh, I know, man. So, Faye are... You wanted to have, like, like mossy antlers. I get it. Okay, Faye do not have mossy <laughs> antlers. Let's insert a photo of Faye My right wife is here. so cottagecore. I, it's insane. I will show you some photos of the Faye that are not... Uh-huh. So, a lot of fairy tales that yeah. were um, depicted fairies... They made them to look like something nice, and they can look nice to try to convince you, but they're not nice. I keep saying this to you, Jay, and it's I don't know how to break you of this stigma in your mind. Yeah, it's not going to happen. They're not. They're not mossy, though. They're not mossy. They don't have antlers. They're not nice. They have sharp teeth, and a lot of times they have black eyes. I'm telling you. All right, brothers Grimm, what's going on? This is the Fae. This is the Fae. Anyways, so the next story, um, this one starts with, this is so funny. I've never heard of black eyed kids before my incident. So I come on here to post my story. And the first story I see is about a black eyed kid. Weird. Let me preface this by saying I'm by no means a writer, just a domestic engineer living in North Texas. Also, I don't believe in the paranormal ghosts, demons, aliens, whatever. However, I did, I did have an event happen to me this Halloween, I have to admit, has me scratching up my head. Halloween, for uh, just so people aren't thinking like, oh, it's because it's something spooky. Halloween traditionally was a pagan holiday called Samhain. And Samhain started because that is the day of the year where the veil is the thinnest between our realm and the spirit realm. Yep. So it was the easiest time to um, commune with spirits. And so a lot of times people have paranormal activity happen to them on Halloween because of that thinning of the veil, just to clarify that. So Thanks for the clarification. Yeah. Um, anyways, so this is my first post on Reddit, and sorry to say I'd never even heard about it until yesterday. I told my best friend about my incident, and she's an avid reader of No Sleep, and she told me if I didn't post it, she would, so here I am. Anyway, hope you like. Um, So, it had been a slow trick-or-treat night in our neighborhood that evening, which is pretty odd in itself. 
We usually have kids from different areas drop off in ours and have a constant parade at our door. That night, I'd say we had no more than eight to 10 groups of kids come by for the entire night. It was about 9.30 p.m., which is interesting because that's the same time that Brian Bethel had his experience. Ooh, I didn't even and think about that. And he also was in Texas. So that's interesting. Oh, wow. It was about 9.30 p.m., and my husband and I were sitting in our family room watching some of those ghost shows based on supposedly actual events. Like I said, I don't believe in that stuff, but I do like a good ghost story now and then, and it was Halloween after all. We hadn't had any activity at the door in over half an hour, and it was getting late, so we decided to turn the porch light off and let our dog Chloe out of her crate. Always a dog. So, Chloe, another good girl. Yeah, Chloe is an American bulldog and is very docile. Well, she's an American bulldog, so it makes sense. But we only put her in her crate because we were afraid she'd try to get out to play with all the kids, and I didn't want to have to chase after her down the street. Also, we didn't want her to scare any of the kids because she would look a little intimidating to the younger kids. So I turned the outside light off, let Chloe out, and she followed me back to the couch and laid down at my feet. It was getting close to 10 p.m. when my husband decided he'd had enough fun for the night and was going to go upstairs to uh, take a shower and get ready for bed. After all, it was Thursday and he still had to get up early the next day. My teenage son was out with his friends at a local haunted house and wasn't expected back for another hour or so. So that left me alone on the couch with Chloe. Now, just because I don't believe doesn't mean those shows don't freak me out a bit. And being alone now watching, I'd love, uh, or I'd have to say was kind of, uh, I was kind of on edge. It wasn't long after I heard the upstairs water for the shower turn on when there came a little light knock knock at the front door. My initial reaction was, what the hell? Really? It's almost 10. Go home. But soon, uh, soon an uneasy feeling came over me. Why the knock? Our doorbell glows and in the dark and without the porch light, it would be extra obvious to anyone there. I paused. I couldn't really just ignore it. Our front door has a big. Why not? Right. Well, I Can guess. You just ignore it. Well, I guess because it's Halloween. So she was like, oh, I don't want to like ignore any kids or whatever. But um, our big our front door has a big beveled glass panel and anybody right at the door could see in enough to see someone was in the family room watching TV. It would be pretty rude for me to just sit there and not answer it. It's smart for them to choose Halloween because this is the one day of the Mm -hmm. year where kids come to your door and it's like totally normal. Absolutely. And it would be normal for them to look a bit abnormal because it could be a costume. Yeah. So anyways, knock, knock, knock. What state are they in? Texas. Texas. That's what I thought. So these black eyed kids be. They like Texas. They like Texas. All right. All right. So knock, knock, knock again from the door. I glanced down at Chloe and she was gone. My gaze followed her usual path to the front door, expecting her to be on her way there as she normally does. Nothing. She wasn't there. I stood up to look around the room better and found her crouching by the back door like she was wanting out. However, she never asks to go out like that. She always Mm. comes and licks my hand or puts her head on my knee. This was totally out of character for her, and I have to say heightened my anxiety. Chloe, crate, I said. She uh, just turned back to look at me like, hell no, lady, I ain't moving. 
I yelled at, uh, up to my husband, but if he was already in the shower, I knew there was no chance of him hearing me. Knock, knock, knock. About time a car drove. About that time, a car drove down our street and cast just enough light on the door to where I could see the silhouettes of two small children through the glass. I instantly felt relief. It was just some kids, probably a couple of the neighbors on their way back home that wanted to stop by and show me their costume or something. I headed to the door and looked back to make sure Chloe wasn't going to follow. What a great watchdog, I thought to myself as she just sat there. I turned on the porch light. I Chloe. I know. I'm like, Chloe's doing her best. She's just a roly-poly. But anyways... I turned on the porch light when I got to the door, and sure enough, I could see through the glass that it was a couple of pretty small kids. A little late for such young ones, I thought, and I began to wonder about what kind of parents would let their kids run through the streets that late at night. I only opened the door enough to where I could block Chloe's escape if she decided to grow some balls, which was only about two feet. Right. What struck me immediately as odd was the kids weren't wearing any costumes. They were in normal street clothes. Also, no customary trick-or-treat either. I began to feel very uneasy again. It was a girl and a boy. There you go, JT. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I just got a thought, just super fast. We yeah. interject. Madison, if we ever have kids... We need to dress them up as the black-eyed children one for, for one Halloween. <laughs> oh, man. That's pretty good. <laughs> Y'all, listeners, if you got kids, please do that. And if you submit a photo, we will literally we will literally put it everywhere, all over our TikTok, all over. I mean, we will absolutely love if you do yes, that. That would be so cool. This Halloween, if you have kids, please put please dress them up as the black-eyed children. I love that. That's oh, so my God. fun. I didn't think about that. Yeah. All right. And creep out all of your neighbors, like for real. Like Michael Myers, who? Yeah. You do the good stuff. (laughs) Okay. Anyways, it was a girl and a boy. The girl to my left was older. I'd say about 11 or 12. Mm -hmm. I could tell she was blonde, but I couldn't make out any distinct features as our lights are from high above and on columns at the front of the porch. So most of the light was coming from behind them. Mm. I had not opened the door wide enough for any light from inside to hit them directly. The boy was younger and about a foot shorter. I'd say eight or nine and looked to have light brown hair. The girl was very polite um, and spoke up saying, ma'am, can we please come inside and use your phone to call our mom? As she spoke, something in the pit of my stomach was telling me something was wrong. What kid even at that age doesn't have a cell phone of their own? I couldn't remember the last time I'd had anybody ask to use my home phone. Um, hun, do you, uh, you don't have a phone of your own to call your mom? I asked. This was, uh, this was things uh, when things really got weird. Both kids turned to look at one another like they were going to say something to one another, but neither ever spoke. They both turned back to me and the girl said, ma'am, my cell phone battery doesn't have any charge left in it. Can we please come inside and call our mother? We're alone out here. My brother is scared. I have to admit there were two competing feelings going on inside of me. The first sight of a mother's heart uh, that wanted to help these two small children get to their mom. Nah. I know, right? I'm like, uh-uh. Um, the Nothing. other, a sinking fear in my gut that was keeping the other feeling at bay. I was then, uh, it was then that I noticed that during the short conversation, I had already opened the door a few extra inches, which I was completely unaware of doing. I stopped. 
Honey, why don't you give me your mom's phone number and I'll call her myself? Another pause and they again looked at one another. After a short moment, they turned back to me and the girl said, Ma'am, my little brother has to use your bathroom. Can we please go come inside while you... We Is she saying it like that? Because you're like saying it like really... That's how I imagine because... Like kind of rude. Yeah. So that's what I picture them saying because some of the other reports said like when you deny them the first time, they get progressively more aggressive about their intent on getting in your house. So that's how I picture it. I would Obviously, set the I was ring alarm. There. Like I would do. I would be so. Yeah. Much. Nowadays, I'd be we, so extra, y'all. Yeah. Like, nowadays, if we were going to talk to them, we would talk to them through our ring camera and be like, "What's up?" Yeah, I'm you not know? talking to them. I'm yeah. not talking to them. Like literally, they could knock on the door, and I'm looking out, and I'm like, Mm-mm. two kids. I don't yeah. care. Even if they have normal eyes, I'm like, nope. Right. Nope. So. Uh, basically she said, please, ma'am, we're scared and alone out here. We have to come inside. Please help us. Then like a cue, uh, both kids began to whimper and cry. <laughs> That's when the fear took over and I shut and locked the door. She said, Yeet. <laughs> she said, uh-uh, I'll call your mom. If you give me your number, I shouted through the door. Yeah. But I'm, do that. but I'm not letting you in my house. <laughs> I could still see them stand there on the porch, just staring at me through the beveled glass. Part of me wanted to run upstairs to my husband, but the bigger part didn't want to lose track of where they were. They would have freaked me out even more to not know where they were. Mm -hmm. After what seemed like forever, but probably only took a few seconds, I decided I'd call my neighbor that lives across the street. As I made my way to the side table by our couch to my phone, I glanced at the back door. Chloe was nowhere to be found. We later found her in the guest bedroom under the bed. When I got to my, Chloe was like, uh-uh, I ain't dealing with this. You're on your own, mom. Jeez. But when I got to my phone and started to look for Poor his thing. contact info, it was only then the kids stepped away from the door and began to walk to the street. As they did, I walked to the door to get a better look to see where they went. Still not calling my neighbor. If you get close enough to the glass, you can see out enough to make people uh, make out people's shapes. But you can it, but you can't see much de- uh, detail. Of course, standing that close to the door would make you pretty obvious to anyone outside looking in. From the door, I could see that the kids were standing, still standing under the street lamp nearest my house, staring at me. As I lifted the phone to my ear after calling, only then did the kids start walking down our street. I met my neighbor out under the lamp once he was out there, but the kids were nowhere to be seen. Like I said, I don't believe any of this stuff and had never even heard about the black eyed kids before talking to my friend. What I really think, what I have to think is these kid uh these kids were just out yanking people's chains on Halloween night. But I will say this for them. They were really good, really good at it. They scared the ever living out of me and my dog. Honestly, if that's what they were doing, good on them. Right. Because that's like that's what Halloween's all about. It's about horror and scary and and you know trick or treating and, and I don't know. I love it. I'm I love telling that. you though, I don't think that that was neighborhood kids because most kids are not that convincing of actors. Like just random yeah. kids. You know. I, I so so here's the thing. What we haven't talked about is what they do. When they get inside, I don't. And I think, read something. Okay, I read sure. something. Yeah, um, um, a while ago, uh, I actually have been 
writing a script over the last literally like four or five months uh, about black eyed children, just, you know, going back to it here and there. It's nothing that was, you know, it's extra pressing. Um, and during my research, I read about an old couple, I think it was up in uh, Appalachia and, um, and they let the kids in and when they let the kids in, things just started going to hell and they were like, we're waiting on our parents. And basically, you know, the, the kids were like super creepy. They saw in the living room that the kids had black eyes and they were like, Oh crap. You know, what did, what did we just, what did we just let in the, 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 the older, the older gentleman was like, you know, the husband was like, I'm, I'm not about this. And then their parents came. And they started to walk towards the front door, getting rid of themselves. And they, uh, the, the old couple, you know, they open the door, everything. And the two kids go out to the driveway. And there are these tall, gaunt figures that are standing in the darkness just, just, just enough in the light to like make out that they're, you know, tall, gaunt figures, but nothing else. And the kids just walk into the darkness with them and they all four walk away. Like, like they walk away with their parents. And literally in the coming weeks, the, uh, the, the older man was diagnosed with like cancer. Ooh. And the uh, something happened. I can't, I gotta look back at the story, but something happened with the older uh, lady too. Like like her friends started dying and just stuff like that. And it looks like what they want to do is put a curse on your home and on yeah. you. Yeah, that would make sense. I haven't seen a lot of reports of people who let them in because most people just don't get past the feeling of how freaky they are. Yeah. But that would make a lot of sense, especially if they're Faye, um, that mm -hmm. I'm telling you, we're going to... You're entitled to your own opinion, babe. We're, we, you know, we, we rate yeah. ghosts over here, so, you know, there's two ratings, so... Absolutely. Yeah. That would make a lot of sense, though, if that was, like, their goal was to, you know... Yeah, um, cause, curse it. Yeah, cause harm and to that, whoever they... That's malevolent. That's super malevolent. That's malevolent. To that's make gonna, someone get cancer, that's like some of the worst things that you could do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to rate them a very, very solid seven. And the reason I'm giving them a seven is that, you know, there hasn't been a ton. There's been a ton of reports of seeing them. There hasn't been a ton of reports of what they do. That story of the old people could have been just a creepy pasta, or it could have been something you know very real. Um, I'm gonna just side with very real because of how many sightings that mm -hmm. you know pe uh, people have, have obviously uh, people have seen. So what I'm gonna say is a seven. And um, it's because I believe that their goal is to cause pain and, and suffering, suffering and nothing else. And I think that I think personally it is like a, a demonic entity, um, either a demonic entity or some type of like vampire deal going on. But I do believe in them. And I, uh, I do believe in them and I do, I really do think that a lot of people see them. 
because oh, yeah. there's just too many and they're all over the world that's the thing like like they're all over the world so seven seven for me yeah solid I, seven i like could definitely cusping on eight i could definitely agree with you on a seven i don't know if i would cusp on eight with it but i am pretty convinced it's some type of fae and fae are not good creatures to come in contact with it's a very common thing when you look into celtic folklore even uh, appalachian folklore and all, all sorts of different folklore that have fey in their belief system it is commonly known you don't mess with the fey yeah and because they do things like that where they cause torment on you for their own gain and so yep and the fact that it knows things about people freaks me out. I haven't heard any reports of people saying that they know their names, which is a good thing, because that would even more so aid the yeah. theory that they're fae, but that would also make them even more powerful, so that's yeah. good. But I haven't heard anything about people killing them, so it's not going to be anything like the Bloody Mackenzie 9 that I sure, gave sure. him or no, you bloody. Know. This can be hard to be bloody, McKenzie. I'll tell you yeah. that right now. Uh, if you haven't checked out that episode, go check that out. Also, uh, we have. Uh, if you've only found this podcast, we have another one that's actually a lot bigger. Uploads uh, three times a week. And um, it's called the most haunted city on earth. Uh, it's all about Savannah's hauntings, and then we also we also talk about hauntings elsewhere and kind of bring it back to Savannah and compared to uh, Savannah's hauntings. And uh, Madison and Chris are our ghost experts, so they uh, they talk they host that podcast, and I'm usually there for the dad jokes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, if you're not a part of our uh, Patreon, you should really look into it because I'm telling you, you get early access to all episodes to give you an idea. Um, to give you an idea, the uh, uh, this episode that you're listening to, if you're not a patron, has been up for a week. And the, pay, the, the other patrons are listening to the new episodes that we just recorded. So they, we, we release super early episodes right after I'm done cutting them. Um, and then also we do exclusive bonus content. We're actually, we, we actually just bought a lens to vlog with. Um, so we're going to start doing like a ton of vlogs, like high quality vlogs on really professional cameras. It's really, really cool. A lot of that's going to be for the Patreon. A lot of it's also going to be for the YouTubes. Um, so definitely check out our patreon um and that's uh patreon.com uh backslash savannah underground yes and also make sure to follow us on tiktok uh at tiktok tiktok um but yeah um at the savannah underground also you can follow us on instagram at savannah underground if you want to follow us personally on our social medias my name is madison ray timmons on all social media um jt doesn't post a lot because you know, you don't have to follow me. Yeah, you don't have to follow him, but you can follow me if you want to. Um, so cool. Well, this was really fun. Absolutely. I always like talking about these types of creatures. Yeah, so. this was a great episode. Absolutely. I had a really good time. Really great stories. Thank you for the author. Uh, thank you to the authors of those stories. And I hope that you're safe mm-hmm. and alive. Yeah, absolutely. And I cursed. hope your dogs are okay. Both of your dogs were yeah. like traumatized. And if from you're this. listening and you are authors of that and you want to post a picture of you, your dogs, that's totally fine. Yeah. Um, we'd Chloe love to see them. and Lucy, if you're out there, um, we'd like to see Chloe you. and Lucy. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, thank you guys again. If, um, 
you enjoyed this video, if you're watching on YouTube, please make sure to subscribe and give us a like. Or if you're on Spotify or any other uh, podcast streaming platform, make sure to rate us a five-star rating on those. Yeah, so please, please, five can, stars. So that we can keep doing this and keep, you know, um, growing even bigger and all of that. If you have any stories that you want to share with us, please feel free to reach out to us on social media. We love hearing about different folklore that comes from different places and mm -hmm. also people's personal paranormal experiences. So that would be greatly appreciated. But cool, cool. with that being said, we'll see you in the next episode. We're going to be talking about the Wendigos. Wendigos! So awesome. Um, but yep, my name is Madison Timmons. And I'm JT Timmons. And stay spooky, y'all.